Today in the Multiply Podcast, we got special guest Jeffrey Portman with us talking about apprenticeship. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back or welcome to the Multiply Podcast. My name is Jared. My name is David. We're back in the studio. Feels good. June, summer, man. It's, it's uh, yep. warm out. And uh, how's your pool coming along? Well, it's coming along nicely, although we we're having some issues. Don't bring it up. Uh-oh. What's yep. going on? Pocket, <laughs> pocketbook's already starting to drain. Oh, man. Yep. yep. That's why I love friends who have pools more than I love pools. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> although I have not yet been invited over for a swim. Which well, is... I'm waiting for you to get that summer body, and then I'll <laughs> be inviting you over. All right. So I'll talk to you in a few years, or in the new heavens and the new earth. <laughs> well, um, we're, we're really excited about um, our episodes this month. We have a friend with us, a guest who's going to be with us today, and then again in two weeks when the next episode releases. And uh, as most of our listeners know, we focus on two topics, leadership and discipleship, and then we always like to mix in some food. Um, but uh, this is someone who uh, I've known for probably about uh, probably met him about 10 years ago now, actually, and uh, he's uniquely positioned to speak to both leadership and discipleship, and I think that's great. Not everybody is, and on this episode, we're going to talk about leadership, and in the next episode, we're going to talk about discipleship, but uh, I want to bring in our guest for the day. We're so glad he's, that he's here, Jeffrey Portman. He's the director of Church Multiplication Network. Uh, Jeffrey, thanks for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And I don't think I'm going to get the invite to the pool party either. <laughs> well, if that if, if that's what it takes, I will also not be invited to the pool party. <laughs> it's going to be a it's going to be a pretty empty pool this summer. <laughs> Jeffrey, for those who are not familiar with Church Multiplication Network, just as a way of introduction, tell us a little bit about CMN and uh, what you guys are focused on, what you spend your time doing. Yeah, glad to. Well, CMN, we have a vision to have a healthy church in every community, and we, we add this line, and that includes yours. Hmm. And so that's rural, uh, urban, suburban, and everything in between. And uh, we are the summons of God um, arm for church planting and multiplication. And a couple of cool things. Uh, since 2008, we've planted 4,130 4, churches. Wow. And what I love about that is every one of those, someone said yes to God. They stepped out. They had this burden, this passion, and there's so many unique expressions. So we provide training. We have a, um, a funding um, arm, a, a matching fund ar- um, mechanism that's in place. We have coaching and training, and we want to relationally connect and walk with people as they step into multiplication. Love your vision to see healthy churches planted in every community, including the ones in which we find ourselves. And um, for people who want to connect, just to give them the information, CMN's website is churchmultiplication.net. You can go there and find all kinds of information. But also CMN does really an amazing job resourcing the local church, creating free downloadable resources at cmnlead.com. And uh, do you want to say anything about that for our listeners? Well, I, I thank you for highlighting that. We want to resource um, people. There's not, as we talked about, um, David, there's not a lack of resources. But if I Google something, I, who knows the source? Yeah. And what I like about this is what we've done is created um, opportunities for people who are uh, on the front lines to have a voice to share their story. So it's real practical. 
It's where it's where most um, pastors and leaders are living in the local church. And so rather than um, just connecting people with uh, a book, we think there's value in that ongoing relationship. So mm-hmm. many of our contributors are people you can just shoot a text to uh, an email or a phone call and they'll even go deeper on the topic. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And I know there's varying levels of, in, of sort of intensity of the resources from classes that you can watch to um, resources that you can download. And, and like you're right. saying, it's, it's being curated. So it's not just out there and then you got to figure out, is this any good? And can I trust right. this? Somebody's doing that hard work. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, That's right. you, you and I were on the phone recently talking about leadership development, and you, meant to, you mentioned a model of leadership development that we want to talk about today on this episode. And it's one that I'm actually not overly familiar with, or at least not the terminology. I've, I've heard of it, and I've heard the term before, but I've, I'm, I'm very interested, and I think our listeners will be interested to hear more. And you were talking about apprenticeship and yeah. how for you in your own life and in the ministry that God's currently entrusted you to lead, you see tremendous use in apprenticeship in raising up leaders who raise up leaders. And so I guess a starting point for this conversation is just in, in terms of definition, how would you define the word apprenticeship or what that model of leadership yeah. development looks like? Well, I think it's, it's an intentional um, development of skills after being in close proximity with someone. And whether you would call them an expert or not, they have proficiency in a skill. So for all of your listeners, um, uh, David and, and uh, Jared, if they have a tattoo, they hope whoever gave them a tattoo had an apprenticeship mm-hmm. where they walked with someone, trained them. If you've ever had surgery, you you're, you got to believe that that surgeon had an apprenticeship where they were in the operating room watching, walking with. And then when they weren't watching anymore someone was watching them and guiding them and i I think the greatest example of apprenticeship is jesus and his disciples the one guy in the history of the planet who could have done it himself did it and we see in the book of acts he got unschooled ordinary people now there was also paul who was highly educated right but he got unschooled ordinary people and they said they took note that they had been with jesus so The difference between mentoring and apprenticeship is proximity. Hmm. You can can be mentored by someone who's alive or dead, a book, a podcast, a a podcast, but apprenticeship happens up close. And that's one of the things that most, um, I think, differentiates that from mentoring. Jeffrey, that's a super interesting concept. I've actually not heard, I mean, I've heard the idea of apprenticeship, but not in the way that you're talking about it. And so... Sure. Um, I, I like it. It's it's super interesting. Help me understand what. How would you define the difference between like discipleship and apprenticeship? Because I know you mentioned mentoring. Um, yeah, I think that I think they're probably. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jared. No, no, go ahead. Okay, I think they're they're really interconnected. But if someone is at a machine shop and they're learning a skill set and a trade, because that's the other component of of being an apprentice is you're just. You're learning, you're discovering something on the way, right? You're in in close proximity, so you're observing. You're not just reading or seeing, you're observing, and there's a hands-on element to it. So the guy or gal at the machine shop is is, uh, in this process of learning a specific skill set. When Jesus called us to make disciples, I think apprenticeship is one of the pathways to do that. Not only, of course, but a pathway that I think heightens the the personal personable connection. Um, it's not again through the radio or TV or even online. 
and I'm all for online ministry, but there's something about being in proximity. And so that discipleship element happens along the way. Um, but you might disciple someone and, and they may not have a desire to be a pastor, but isn't our assignment to go and make disciples. So mm-hmm. this isn't for pastors only. Right. And yet I think in ministry, there's such a value of having a front row seat and then a practical engagement in the ministry you're going to do. Um, and I'm for university. I'm for Bible college, all that. I just think there's also something special about walking with someone and in the process uh, apprenticeship of apprenticing discipleship does occur. Yeah, it sounds to me like apprenticeship in its broadest definition could be done by someone who's a believer and someone who's not a believer, right? People can, uh, an yes. unbeliever can can be an apprentice to somebody in a specific skill. So apprenticeship really sounds like a specific tool when in the hands of a believer can become something that can be leveraged for the purpose of discipleship. You know, right. Because discipleship is all of life. So if I'm, uh, if you're coming right. alongside me to learn a specific skill, you're also going to see how I handle stress and how I respond yeah. to, to wins and to losses. And those are disciple-making moments, of course. Um, right. It sounds like apprenticeship requires access. And, yeah, um, that's ahead. a good way to put it. Leaderships have, or leaders have to allow others to have access to, their, to who they are, to how they think, to how they make decisions, to how they handle mm. um, certain situations. You know, you're, you're around leaders all the time. I'm sure you've seen healthy leaders. Unfortunately, I'm sure that you have seen unhealthy leaders. Sure. What do you think are some of the unhealthy reasons why leaders sometimes are not willing to give other people that sort of access that is necessary for what you're describing? Boy, that's a great question. And I love uh, what you said a moment ago about access. That's a great word. I think a couple things that might keep people from either mentoring or, or apprenticing someone is they don't know where to start. And I think it's as simple as just walk with me and watch me. And that's what mm. we read in the in the, the message version, you know, Jesus invited his disciples to walk with him and watch him. But I think another key thing is there's insecurity that is rampant in all of us. And I always say the insecurity invites me to be someone I'm not. And so I, I have this maybe fear sometimes <laughs> if people see the real me up close, yeah. they're going to be like, oh, man, the cat's out of the bag. And yet that's the secret sauce of apprenticeship is you get to see people in, in their best and at their worst. And that's all of life, like you said. One other thought is they're not sure if there should be a, a um, end time. And so they can be like, man, I, don't, I, I barely feel like I'm having the capacity to do my current job, if they're married, if they have family. So the idea of adding one more thing can feel a bit overwhelming. But I would just say, invite people to go with you. Hmm. And I have a whole bunch of friends that I've, I've um, had do this with me. And also I see doing that. And it's it's not rocket science. It's, hey, come with me. And then it's if you're talking about pastoring, it's you're, you're inviting them into some of the elements that would be a pastoral assignment. And they learn along the way. Um, so, Jeffrey, when you're obviously even before you served in this role, uh, we should probably have given you a little background um, you served in a lot of other leadership roles as a lead pastor, church planter. Before that, you were a, a youth director for an entire uh, entire network. And before that, I don't even know what you were doing. I think you were mentoring Billy Graham or something like that, right? 
That's what it's. That's what it I says did. in the bio you sent us. I, yeah, yeah. I did meet him one time at a at a breakfast. I was picking up Roosevelt Hunter, a oh, uh, friend man. who's passed away. But and Roosevelt's like, "Hey, Billy's here." I'm like, "Billy who?" I'm like, "Who's Billy?" Right? <laughs> Billy. And he said, "Billy Graham." So I got to ask him one question. I went up to his table. He was having breakfast. I said, "You know, uh, Pastor Graham, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I just if, if you could answer one question for a young minister." And he said, preach John 3, 16. Hmm. So there's my Billy moment. There you go. Nice. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'm considered a mentor at this point in his life, but <laughs> I mean, thank if, you for even. If that's not that. apprenticeship, I don't know what is. That <laughs> was valuable just for us. Cause I saw Jared write down John three sixteen. I think he's going to go find that verse later and <laughs> figure out what it says. By the way, Roosevelt preached one of the best conventions in New oh York I've ever heard. And it was the last convention mm. he preached before he went to be with Jesus. He could barely stand oh. on, the, he could barely stand on the stage. He was oh, yeah, seated on a stool. He was in tremendous, he was suffering, as you know, and um, I'll never forget yep. that convention. So, you know, just as a, when you said his name, it was just brought me back. I was like, wow, that's a, that guy was the oh. real deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So you've served in a lot of different leadership roles and, and as any leader knows that your capacity and how many people you can invite in to have access is limited. Um, yeah. So for you, what was that process like? Or or maybe some advice that you would have for our, our listeners if they're pastors or, or someone who's looking to engage in this apprentice-style leadership. Sure. How do they know who to choose? How do they know how many people they can provide access to? What did that look like for you? Yeah, and I, I think everyone has a different level of capacity, but I think you just start with a couple people. And then you see how you do and where it goes from there. Um, I would also say that um, the, the the beauty of apprenticeship is that if you're truly apprenticing someone, what you're asking them to do is apprentice someone as well. So it's mm. this it's this beautiful multiplication mo- model and mindset that makes it so that you don't have to be a superhero, right? But a great place to start would be um, first of all, an apprentice relationship requires commitment on both people's part. And we always say that it should be easy to be in your team, but hard to be in your starting lineup. So when I think about people that have apprenticed with me, there was, there was set times they had to be there. There was a lot of uh, organic relational stuff, but there was also some really clear, we're going to talk about this principle or this theological topic. Um, and so, you, you know, you, you gonna, it's going to cost more to lead. And, and so it kind of weeds out some of the people who they just want to be around you, but they don't actually want to develop their leadership, their spiritual formation or their, you know, their, their calling. Um, so I, I would say my capacity, I, I tried to <laughs> apprentice nine people at one point when we were leading new hope. Um, and I did a poor job. So, so, uh, for me, the over under is like probably four, um, but, you know, you're not talking about a two-year, three-year, five-year. Usually it's a, a, a nine-month window or to a year where you're just saying, hey, let's go together. Now, they might have already had a relationship with you. It's different if someone opts in and they quit their job and move to your city. <laughs> um, you can have a much more intense um, apprentice relationship. And we, we had that happen, which was incredibly humbling. Like the goal at that point was like, Lord, help me not to screw this up, right? Yeah. But the other thing that you can do, and you guys do this so well in the roles you're in, you give not just access to you, but other great leaders, other great men and women of God. So you provide for them what they couldn't necessarily provide for themselves. And that's proximity to other incredible people. 
Jeffrey, when you think back to the role that apprenticeship has played in your life, being on both sides of it, can you speak a little bit to being on the side of it where you are receiving the gift of apprenticeship um, oh, as man. far as, yeah. um, I mean, if you want to name people, you can, but, but, but more than that, what I'm wondering is like, what, what was it about that that became so formative in your life that led you to a point that now you're like, this is how I want to develop leaders around me. Yeah. Well, I will mention, I mean, there's several key voices that have been in my life and still are, but um, Les Welk, um, who was superintendent in the Northwest Ministry Network for years, and he's he's one of my mentors to this day. But I apprenticed with him for about 10 years. And I say about 10 years because we worked together at the network office, and he let me have access. So, you know, your question was so well framed. What did it feel like? What were some of the things with me? He believed in me before or in a greater way than I believed in myself. Oh, that's good. So he, he saw something in me. We, I would say it this way. He saw something and said something. You all, you know, being around New York, you know, there's these signs. If you see something, say something. Well, I think in leadership, we have to do that too. And Les did a good job of saying, I see something in you and I'm going to create opportunities. I'm going to invite you with me. And some of my favorite ministry moments uh, are with Les and the, the culture and the team that he created. I felt valued. I felt challenged. I, I was invited into conversations in rooms that I would walk in and go, man, why am I here? And it was because he leveraged his influence. Um, Jeffrey, I'm, I'm interested, uh, as you were sharing that, um, you, you had mentioned before the seven-month thing for apprenticeship, and then, but your story, you mentioned the 10 years is the seventh month. Yeah. Like that's a minimum 10 years maximum. Is there a sweet spot? Um, is there <laughs> yeah, like, what are we aiming I for? Probably needed, <laughs> I think I just needed longer than the average person. Jeffrey, probably. what, what Jared really um, wants to know is how long can he ask me to apprentice him? So right. just, just, <laughs> keep, just keep that in mind while you're answering. Cause it's been okay, three years. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's really valuable and I'm answering this seriously now, even though we're having fun. I think it's really important to have a set start and stop time. That doesn't mean you can't extend it, but I think it, the apprentice needs to know, Hey, we're going to do this for a set period of time. And I just think it's really hard to do something overnight or in a couple months. And so I think, you know, between nine and, and 12 months is a real good starting point, which can seem overwhelming, but let's say that you meet one time a week and there's, you're sick two weeks. And I mean, you know, you're not, you're not meeting so much that it's overwhelming, but people grow slowly and you, you know, you work on specific areas and, and, then they're, they, they get to do whatever you're processing with them, whether it's building a team or preaching or vision casting, whatever it might be in a, in a ministry context, um, leading someone to Christ and then discipling them. That's not, you don't snap your fingers, right? So I think there's got to be a, a set period of time because the apprentice needs to know this isn't forever. But the, the person who's bringing apprenticeship can also know, hey, we got to hit these three or four elements before we wrap this up. Um, and again, you could always extend it, but uh, I don't know that I don't have a, in any writing I've ever done, I don't have a, a set number of months. I just believe that there, there's going to have to be a season that you're with someone mm. um, to really capture who they are, their heart and their head and their, how they do things and things like that. I think that makes sense, 
because they also need to see you in different seasons, right? right and right. I mean, you know, in the course of nine to twelve months, they're going to see. Um, they're obviously they're going to see your full calendar's year worth of work and responsibility, but also they're going to. Yes. I they're going to probably see you have at your best and at your worst. Um, that's right. And I think that's you know that's so important. You mentioned earlier like the the transparency and of saying like this is who I really am. Like sometimes I think in the leadership world, you know, we see leaders on platforms and we just kind of assume that they uh, always have the right answer and that they don't struggle with decisions and that uh, they don't struggle even just with yeah. personal issues. And I think demystifying um, some of that leadership uh, perspective is such a gift to young leaders, especially who who yes. feel this pressure because right, we, we, we see everybody's best moments online. We see everybody's sermons, cl- sermon clips. We, we read the pieces yeah. on them. And, um, and unfortunately, until someone has a major f- failure, we don't really see uh, the other side of them. And so I, yeah. one of the things about the extended amount of time that I think is a gift is they get to see more of who you are. Right. That's well said. I, I think there's the, the, when you think about your closest friends, and I'm not saying that you have to form a friendship through this, but it's not unusual for that to happen. Your closest friendships aren't because you had a singular moment. It's because you had a great moment and then they built on each other. And I think apprenticeships like that, we just keep coming back to Jesus and disciples, Paul and Timothy, Moses and Joshua, Elijah and Elisha, Naomi and Ruth. There's this pattern throughout scripture where people had proximity to each other. And that's not something. Yeah. And that's obviously like in those examples that you gave, those people were like really doing life together. And obviously um, the sort of the ability and to, to go back to what we were saying earlier, the ability to invite people into your into your life, it may inconvenience you, it, it may slow you down at times, right? And sometimes it's yeah. the old saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. But mm, as, as far as having yep. the mentality of, I want my leadership to live beyond me, and I want to raise up leaders who raise up leaders. And so if, if, if one of our listeners is saying, I need this, this is something that I can identify with as it's lacking in my life. Do you have any practical suggestions, next steps for our listeners who say, how do I go about um, positioning myself to be apprenticed? Yeah. So I don't have a list for you, but here's a couple things that I, that I would think of. First of all, pray about it. And we I don't say that uh, with anything other than an intensity of we want we want to be led by the spirit. Right. If we're going to. If we're going to be led by the Spirit, let's stay in step with the Spirit. Well, God wants to grow us more than we want to grow ourselves. So I think just inviting him into that decision and conversation. Mm-hmm. I think I would also ask, um, do I fit? I mean, when I'm thinking about having someone apprentice me, I see something in their life that uh, I want to emulate. There's, It's not just skill set. It's who they are. And, and so then my job then is to get on their calendar take them to coffee, set a meeting, whatever the case, and just say, Hey, here's what's in my heart. Are you, are you open to, because they may not have done that before. So it can be difficult if, if, if I'm initiating being apprenticed and the other person's never done it, they can feel like, man, I want to, but I don't know how. So I, I think going into the conversation to saying, Hey, you know, and you could start with mentoring, but I think to differentiate between mentoring and apprentice, I don't just want to watch you. I want to actually walk with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other thought is see, watch for people who have done it before and get into their world. 
because you start to ask the right questions or at least some good questions and you don't have to come up with it all yourself. Um, and then we talk about in hiring people, we talk about the four C's. We got three of them from a, a mentor, but it's, you know, I look at the life character, competency, then I think chemistry and that's how I feel when I'm with them. What is the dynamic of their organization, their team, their family. And the last one is like, do I fit the culture of their team? Do I fit the culture of their church? So those are some, maybe some filters to, to process through. I love what you're saying, Jeffrey. And, and one of the things that I thought of as you were talking about is there's a major difference between what you're speaking about and what I think a lot of pastors are looking for, which is a little more like interns, right? Like they're looking yeah. for people to accomplish their tasks That's and good take mm. stuff off their plate, but that's not what you're talking about at no. all. No, you're right. That's a great, that's a great insight, David. Well, that was Jared, but, but I'll take credit uh, for it. No, no, that was me. That was all David, me. David, we... you have done a great job of <laughs> yeah. practicing Jared to have that insight. Thank you very much. We had, you, uh, <laughs> Sorry about that, we, we had Jeannie Mayo on here one time and she was going oh, crazy trying to guess who talked. So <laughs> I'm pretty Jared, sure she Jared, actually, Jared actually normally has a really high pitched voice, but he always does this just for the show. So sorry. <laughs> I have a little filter I put over the audio. So, <laughs> Oh, I love it. I, I always tell people when I speak, Hey, I have a lisp. And when I get, ex by the way, why is the letter S in the word lisp? That's not <laughs> cool. Uh, but if you can do anything to help my voice sound manually, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll do uh, we'll, we'll do whatever I have to do to David's voice as right. well. So yeah, whatever you do, listeners, don't Google and and see a picture of Jeffrey Portman, or else you'll never respect me and Jared again as men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How tall are you, Jeffrey? Oh, I'm six two. Six two. All right. Well. So if Jared's on my shoulders, we're tall. We're, we're taller than we're taller you. Taller than you. Got <laughs> it. Oh my goodness. What's funny is I'm the little guy at my house because our boys Justice and Josiah are, are both they're both bigger than me because I'm Norwegian. My wife's Samoan, and so I just kiddingly <laughs> say something was pillaged and burned every day at our house. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, hey, listen, thank you so much. Before uh, before we end this episode, though, we we uh, we like to do a little thing called David's Eats, where we're not only creating better okay. leaders but better eaters as well. And oh, I like um, it. So here's what we want to hear from you. What's the best thing you've eaten in the last month? The best thing you've oh, eaten. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I was in Puerto Rico a few weeks ago, and we, we went with um, John J. Wilson and Dominic and, and Pastor Ivan, the superintendent there, to this little uh, oceanfront uh, restaurant, and we had lobster. Oh. And it was inexpensive, and it was incredible. And I – Part of it is that's my wife and I's favorite, so she wasn't able to be with me. Joanne wasn't, but we still share, you know, celebrate with each other when you have those moments. So that would probably be my most recent. Wow, you guys looking for any openings on the CMN team? <laughs> <laughs> Just asking, asking for a friend. We'll keep you. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep you. We'll keep you posted. Jared wants to be apprenticed in the ways of cheap lobster. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Man, thanks so much. That sounds amazing. Um, Jeffrey, we appreciate you being on. Hey, if someone wants to find you on social media, where, where's the best way to get you? Yeah, it's just my name, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y, Portman, P-O-R-T-M-A-N-N, two N's, Jeffrey Portman. So that's it. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for being on the Multiply Podcast. We're going to have you back on for another episode in two weeks, so be sure to check that out. This is the Multiply Podcast. Thanks, we'll guys. see you guys next time.